Hey, we are still talking about faith and discipline. This is the artwork for the year, uh, faith and discipline. We, we've dealt with the disciplines of our faith, and those are the things that we do every day uh, to, that God has set in place for us to grow in our faith, to be the people God called us to be, to be, be the people that God made provision for us to be. And now we're looking at different books throughout the Bible that, that speak to faith. And, and we looked at Ecclesiastes, which is how not to do it. Uh, Solomon, may, may, Solomon did a lot of stuff. Uh, don't do that. All right. Second, we are in Romans. In Romans, we have been kind of working our way through thematically and sort of the points of Romans because next year we're going to dive into Romans pretty deeply uh, all year long. Uh, but this morning, uh, as we've looked at it, we talked about the good news. We talked about the bad news. <laughs> we talked about uh, avoiding the bad news. We talked about what it means to be uh, righteous by justification and how, how that is one of the things that God has done. God has provided for it, all righty? Let me read the text this morning. We're in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 to 25. Some of you are going to know this passage right off. Some people already said, I can't wait till we get to chapter 7. And they want an explanation, so here we go. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave under sin. For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. But there's no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it. What? No, anyway. Right. <clears throat> but it is the sin that lives in me. So discover this law. When I do what is good, evil is present with me, for in my inner self I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I myself am serving the law of God, but with my flesh the law of sin. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you again for your word, and we thank you, God, that your word is truth. God, your word is eternal. God, you have spoken, and God, we can't edit, and we can't unspeak, and we can't ignore, and we can't edit, uh, editorialize and, and justify. and write. God, help us this morning to hear from you. God, help us to hear what you are teaching, what you have put in place so that, God, we can live it out. We can be who you called us to be. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I have a confession to make. You ready? I did that one time and everybody went, ooh. No, all right. I cannot explain what I cannot explain. There you go. That's my confession. I cannot explain what I cannot explain. However, I can tell you what I believe the Bible sets down as the construct of our faith. It is what God has done and what God has accomplished. All right? 
So I started out all my notes this morning with uh, this statement. There is an obvious problem, right? There's an obvious problem. We've got this, this law thing. We've got this flesh thing. We've got this sin thing. We've got this victory thing. We've got this, it's just all this stuff in this passage. And as I was reading and studying this week, I was like, okay, I can't explain this, God. Help me. Under- no, first, explain it to me, right? So here's some questions. Let's, let's ask some questions. You ready? As we approach a text like this, are we perfected at salvation? It's a trick question. It's a trick question. Uh, when are we perfected? It's a trick question. Was Paul perfect? when the Spirit inspired him to write down these words. You see, what we've got is this spiritual construct up against the the, the sin construct, the fall construct. We know what God's Word says God has done and what God has accomplished. This is it. God has accomplished redemption. God has accomplished forgiveness. God has accomplished this this righteousness in us by justification God has made us righteous in salvation so in that statement right there yes we are perfected at salvation so somebody raise their hand if you want to stand up and explain your sin no takers yeah me either I'm putting my hand down too you see we know that there's a problem here. There is an obvious struggle that we have. There is this problem of, of what we read in God's Word and what we understand to be the power of God, the work of God, the accomplishment of God. And yet, every day you and I both struggle in this life with that that we know is not of God. Call it sin. I read two or three commentaries this week, and and man, the way, forgive me, I'm going to use the word, the way theologians and scholars try to explain this away is quite honestly humorous, okay? A lot of them want to come up with all kind of scenarios where Paul is writing this, but not somehow subject to what he's writing. Guess what? Paul is, was, at the time of this writing, a sinner. Paul had received redemption and salvation clearly and obviously on the road to Damascus. Paul had clearly and obviously met Jesus, studied with Jesus, began to travel throughout the Roman Empire sharing Jesus. But Paul is still afflicted by sin. There's still a problem. Right? So, so when we look at this and we consider this, we go, okay, am I any different than Paul? Am, am I still in the struggle of, 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 of righteousness? Am I still in the struggle of sanctification? Am I still in the struggle of overcoming the effects of the fall? Here's my confession. Yes, I am. Now, I'm not trying to make an excuse for that because when I say there is a problem, there is not a problem with the law. 
There is not a problem with righteousness. There's not a problem with justification. There's not a problem with the cross. There's not a problem with the resurrection. The problem is me. (laughs) And by extension, you too. I'm not alone in this struggle. All right. I, I, I worked construction throughout the 80s. And I remember working with a guy that uh, he was from a different sort of uh, denominational slash church tradition, right? And uh, it was real funny because, you know, he had, he had done a, uh, now, I, okay, I'm on, I just have to tell you his story. If you're offended, okay. You, you be offended at him, not me. Uh, but he, t- he explained to me how he was saved and how some years after he was saved that, that, that the Holy Spirit had done this, this work in his life. I'm not going to use all the catchphrases because it will offend some of you. Uh, Holy Spirit had done this work in his life and perfected him. And I was like, really? I said, what does that mean? He said, well, I don't sin anymore. This makes for a lively conversation, y'all. Because we're working construction. We're building houses, right? I said, really? I said, so what happens when you, let's say, mistreat your wife? He said, well, that's just a mistake. And I went, Okay, so a rose by any other definition is still a rose, right? See, we've got to be very honest with this text and admit the fact that we are in a struggle with the effects of the fall, with the effects of sin, okay? We are in it. Uh, uh, God told them that you would begin to die. Actually, the translation we most often are, are, are familiar with is that you will die, right? And so guess what? We are all suffering the effects of the sin and we're all suffering the effects of the fall. So let's go ahead and make the point of today's message. There is a war going on within us. Paul's the one that identifies it. There is a battle within us between the flesh and the spirit. The spirit of God which abides in us. The spirit of God which which sort of uh, doesn't sort of, it pours into us is what, what Paul teaches us throughout the New Testament. He says, be being filled with the spirit all the time. So God is constantly pouring his spirit out. The question is, are we receiving what God's pouring? You see? Because if the problem is not God, that's a perfectly safe assumption right there. We know that the problem is us. And that there is a, a nature, a condition. A, we, 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 we are born, what, the, what Paul identifies here, is we're born, born under the law, which identifies, points out, defines sin. We find it all through the New Testament. The purpose of the law was to identify sin, to show us where we come up short. So we start looking at it. How many times do we have other gods in God's place? All throughout the Old Testament, that's called idolatry. And see, we on, the, on this side of the New Testament go, yeah, but I never worshiped a Baal. Really? 
You see, we do put things uh, in a place of priority in our lives uh, to the point of, of, of worship. Now, you might not set up a statue in your home, or you might, I don't know. But, but, but when, we, when we elevate things in our lives to a place of, of priority and authority over God's place in our lives, then, then that is idolatry and that is sin. You see? See, our flesh was and is subjected to the fall. So what is that referring to? What is it that Paul wants us to understand? Because the point of the whole text kind of finishes. He finishes this particular, he he didn't have a chapter, but this whole section finishes with the whole point of it. What do you desire? What do you want? Right? What, what, What is your motivation in life? What is it that just drives you? And, and, and because it's a, a want or a desire, man, you don't let anything get in the way for going after that thing, whatever it is, right? To take hold of it. See, what, what, what is my, my governing purpose every morning that I wake up? And what do I do to abide in that purpose? To fulfill that desire to, to, to answer that motivation of my life. If we stand up and say, I love God. Then do we awaken every morning and put in place the pieces and things that fulfill that desire, that motivation, that, that calling in our lives to act like we love God. Or... Do we let ourselves be distracted by other desires? You see, this is where the problem lies with us, y'all. This is where we've got, to, we've, we've got to be honest with ourselves and answer that question, what do I want? Do I really want what God wants in my life? Or have I, have I built other castles in my life, which is a perfectly appropriate statement. (laughs) Have I built these other thrones in my life where I let my wants, my desires, my motivations, you see, where where, where I let myself uh, give in to to self-everything. I wrote it this week in the devotions. Selfishness, self-centeredness, Self, self-promotion, self-aggrandizement, self-satisfaction. You know, I think one of the things that we cursed our society with is this word self-esteem. Right? Like I can find some, some worthy, worthwhile purpose in self-esteem. No, my esteem comes from God. It comes from who he's called me to be, who he's made me to be. So I'm challenged in that. So, so when we look at under the law, we know that the law is there to point out our shortcomings, to identify for us that we are not perfect, right? And when you catch yourself, all right, so here's, here's the big thing, you know, I like these theological sort of wordings, uh, sins of omission and sins of commission. How many of y'all have heard those phrases? Okay, a handful of you, right? Sins of Commission, those are the things that you decidedly or or by motivation and desire do. 
right? You kick the cat down the steps. I, it's just one I might be susceptible to. I'm just telling you. But when we work out of the motivation of our heart to, to fulfill that desire that pleases me, I'll tell you what my worst one is. Man, I like things in order. I, I, I like things in their place. Uh, I like things to happen on time. Uh, you folks on the staff will tell you if you have a nine o'clock meeting and you show up at nine o'clock you're late okay just point it out and it's bad for folks like that because if I'm in charge so the law defines for us what is and what is not sin and so if we are under the law we are under sin, right? And then Paul goes into this little added thing here about the flesh. What does, what do, in this body of mine, what do I want? Man, y'all went nuts on the milk duds illustration. Like last week, somebody brought me eight boxes of milk duds, all because I said I love milk duds. Guess what? I love milk duds, but not eight boxes at a time. Okay, coming up on my next birthday, y'all know. Y'all remember what they did last year for my 60th birthday? They gave me 60 chocolate chip cookies. Who can eat 60 chocolate chip cookies and not have to be rolled out of the place? You see, if we are unredeemed, we are under the law. If we are unredeemed, we are under the flesh also. So then what's the question for us in this? What, what is the motivation for us? What is it that God has called us to and expects of us? If our desire, motivation, purpose, and plan is to satisfy the flesh, to please the flesh, we've given ourselves over to bondage, to the body, to this broken, fallen, sin corrupted tent. David and I were talking about this upstairs. You know what? The tent gets a little weary after a few years, right? So, so when we make that our pursuit or our desire, we give in to that. Guess what? Yes, even as a Christian, that's still sin. And we live in a world that is steeped in it. Man, what pleases me? What makes me feel good? What makes me feel important? What gives me more power? What gives me more influence? What can I do? What steps can I take? What can be my motivation to achieve for me what I want? That's bondage. And yet, redemption regeneration see that regeneration that re-beginning remember when Jesus was questioned at night what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven and Jesus said you must be born again regeneration rebirthed 
So here's the challenge for me, and I'm not going to make it for you. I'm going to make it for me. The challenge for me every morning is to call into check my wants and desires. Because I know that under the law and under the flesh that Bobby is subject, is not subject, but I am, you can give in. But as God's people, we don't give in. Okay? It's not okay to use it as an excuse. Oh, well, I'm just human, so I'll just act any way I want to because God's forgiven me. The construct that God has put in place is, is that, yes, Jesus died on the cross so that our sins will be, are forgiven. Jesus rose from the dead to give us victory over sin and death, and that's the construct God's put into place. And then he's poured into us his spirit in which we can access the power of God to live a life of victory, a life above the fray, we're still bound, as Paul reveals right here. We're still sort of in this body that is weak. We're in this body that, that is, is affected, effected. The effect of sin in our bodies is weakness. And yet the power of God is what God has provided and given us access to. We are in Christ. Therefore, we have liberty. We have freedom from sin and death. And, and it should be the desire, motivation, purpose, plan of our hearts to live out our in Christ liberty. Not our self-serving, selfish, self-guided, self-promoting, self-aggrandizing. I want what I want when I want it. That is the theme of our society and culture. But that is not what God has provided for in us. Don't make excuses for sin. Last week we talked about avoiding the bad news. Avoid sin. Make no provision for the flesh. Right? Avoid all appearance of evil. You see? I mean, there, there, there's some things there that we know cognitively, that we know uh, intellectually that, all right, that's bad for me. So before I get to that point, I'm going to steer clear back here somewhere. I was a youth pastor for 14 years. I used to warn young people about red flags. You know, in a relationship, let's go ahead and put it there. Let's say the red flag's over there. Right? As, as, as a, a guy and a girl in a relationship trying to honor God and live up to what God wants, that red flag's over there. So in, let's say we go out on a date. So on that date, am I going to go, okay, we can go the, here and we can go 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 here, but we can't go there. Well, guess what? If you get to here, it's too late. So I want you to think about sin in your life and all of those things. We have been great. God has put the construct in place that we are free in Christ. We have liberty. We've been redeemed. We've been set apart. We have been granted a holiness that is not our own. 
But in, listen to what he says. I'm going to read this last little section right here. He says, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I'm serving the law of God. I am paying attention to what God defines as right and wrong with my mind. With my flesh, if I give into it, I'm serving sin. But everything leading up to that is God has granted us his spirit and we live to honor and glorify God. Don't go that far. Stop back here and and recognize that that is you pleasing yourself and you turn from that before you ever get ever close to it. Recognize what sin is in your life. And turn because that's what repentance means. There's a problem. Bible's not the problem. Paul's not the problem. God's not the problem. We're the problem. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you need Jesus. That's where we start this whole relationship with God to live out who God purposed for us to be, who God desired. To, to, to create us into. You see? It's God's will for your life. You don't give in. You don't back down. You keep going. You pursue the things of God. Maybe you're a Christian and you just are, Bobby, I just, I, I just struggle and I can't do it. Well, every struggle begins with one step in the right direction. The first step. Okay, And maybe you're here this morning and, and you want to be a part of Vacation Bible School or bigger than that, you want to be a part of what God's doing here at the gathering. We're going to be doing baptism in a little while and there's some folks who God's just working in their lives. And we're going to celebrate that with those who, actually those who are here and those who are not from here. We've got some folks came down from Pennsylvania. You want to get baptized in the ocean? Yay! So. Somewhere around 1245 and 1 o'clock, we're going to be doing baptism over at the ocean. So I invite you to come back. Come to the beach and celebrate with us what God's doing. But if you're troubled this morning and you recognize that you are under a bondage, sin, the flesh, the law, maybe you just want Jesus. If you need Jesus, if you want Jesus, you come on down here. We'll tell you how how to know Jesus. All righty? We're going to sing one more song. That's your opportunity to respond. So let's pray. Father, thank you for today and for what you're doing today. I thank you for all the fun and festivity of Vacation Bible School. But but God, help us not to lose sight that every day, God, it is ours to walk toward you. To to set aside the distractions of the world. To to set aside the frailties of of a, a body subjected to the fall and the sin. God, that you've given for us a power to rise above our own weakness, our own self-interest. God, help us as Christians to quit making mistakes, quit making excuses for sin. God, help us to seek your face and to pursue you. God, I thank you that you loved us first and best and most so much that Jesus died so that we could be redeemed. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.